This is a fun little podcast that we're doing where we are talking to some cool folks about outdoor life. Everyone's got a story and we'd love to hear it. We're talking to people about fly fishing, all sorts of different stuff. If it's outside, we want to hear about it. And bring a rain jacket. Hello and welcome to Bring a Rain Jacket. This is Stephanie. And this is Cassandra. And this is also Flycast Live. So. <laughs> All right. Today we have a very special guest with us. She's not only a lawyer, she is an outdoors woman, she is an angler, uh, and she splits her time between Colorado and Montana. She's a dear friend of mine. She's become like a sister to me. She's taken care of me in many different situations. And she's very inspiring. She is literally a sister to me, and I've known her since birth. So, uh, thanks for joining us today, Nicola. Great to have you. Nicola, you and I failed becoming the wine snobs that our parents wanted us to be. I don't think we failed. I love wine, and I'll drink wine. I just am not discriminatory on any wines. Yeah, because we're poor. Yeah. Help me. (laughs) That's that's a large part of it, my dear. I'm drinking out of a glass that says drink up Grinches. So um what's what's that? Where I don't know. I think it's a gift from my cousin and she uh bought this glass and then she bought some stickers and she made drink up Grinches and that's what I'm doing. This week I heard about something called um a grief thief. Have you guys ever heard of a grief thief before? Mm-mm. Rings a bell, so, but not top of my mind. Okay, so apparently a grief thief is someone who, like, when you're grieving for something, they, like, try to, like, steal your grief and, like, turn it into something about them. Oh, they make it about themselves. Okay, I've heard of yes. that. Yeah, sure. And that, or, like, try to discount Maybe not the feelings. term. So I was, I was just curious about if you, had, if you had any experiences with grief thieves in your life. Grief thieves. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, like, just applicable to grief. It's just anybody who just wants to talk about themselves. They'll steal anything, in my opinion. But, um, Mm -hmm. so on that note, as y'all know, I shattered my leg in, like, 30 pieces of uh, skiing in 2017. And, and, like, I'm cool now. It's good. It's a work in progress. I wanted to, I wanted to say, hopefully, cheers to you not needing surgery in 2020. Because I think this will be the first year you haven't had surgery in, like, yeah. 100 years how many years has it been how many years straight have you had surgeries so let's see this happened january the initial accident happened january 28th of 17 and uh, i've had five surgeries since then the last one was june 24th of 2019 so we're coming up on a year of no surgeries which is like a fucking huge milestone and i'm super stoked yay congrats I have all this medical equipment, obviously, from all these surgeries, you know, wheelchairs, shower chairs, you know, whatever. Did you just pack them away in, like, a little time capsule? Well, yes, but I was hoping to put it towards a more immediate use. But, you know, I, I've <laughs> turned out, you know, when I think I'm done, like, you know, this shit's been keeping popping up. And so I was like, you know what, if I make it one year without any surgeries, then I'm going to give it away to, you know, some organization or some shit that's going to, you know, make good use of it. And I think we're, we're coming up on that mark. So that's dope. But in terms of a uh, grief thieves, the worst is, I don't know if injury thieves is a, a thing, but um, what drove me batshit crazy is, because I, I was on crutches in a wheelchair for what, probably collectively like a year. And it was more than that. I don't know. Stop counting. But what, what, what honestly drove me crazy was people 
anytime you get in an elevator or just walking down the street, people are like, oh, what happened? You know, what, oh, did you, oh, ACL, like, did that, or they want to tell you some stupid joke, like, you get in the elevator, like, oh, skydiving, oh, shark bite, you want to, you want to swing dance, and, like, I, I totally get it, you know? it's, it's people being, just trying to connect, and I feel like, that's such- not connecting at all, you know they're they're just trying to be nice and like I got to the point where I was just like at, after so long I was so goddamn fed up with it I was like you know if somebody asked me one more time what happened and then it immediately flips into you know this one time that they sprained their ankle in high school and I'm like I I, I don't give a shit <laughs> I think I've actually witnessed that with you Nicola like I I think that I don't I Obviously, I'm not going to name names. I don't even remember who it was, but I do remember like sitting next to you at one point and somebody was like, let me just tell you about this one time I tripped. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, um, are you yeah. aware? And then 10 seconds ago, you were like, everyone wants to know what happened. So not to bring that up, but can you <laughs> tell us exactly what happened? Yes, yes, please. I will. I was, I so I've skied all my life. I'm, I'm a good skier. And I was just skiing at Breck with some friends, um, skiing something. Breckenridge, Breckenridge, Breck- Colorado. Breckenridge, Colorado. Thank you. Super casual. And I was skiing with some friends who weren't very experienced. And I finally like convinced them to go down to Black Diamond. And there were some moguls on the side. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to hit these and play around a bit. I'll see you guys at the bottom. And we're just cruising through these guys. And the light was flat. And I missed one in my line and landed. I, th- I think it was must have been with my leg locked out. And so my femur came down and crushed my tibia plateau into about, the surgeon said they stopped counting at 30 pieces. Got carted down. The ski patroller was super hot. His name was Henry. I don't know how you were even aware at that point. You know, I, I must have like gone into immediate shock or something because I thought I was okay. I was like, yeah, this hurts. This sucks. And I've broken a lot of bones before because um, I'm just a disaster at life, I guess. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that. You are constantly all, injured. Yeah, didn't all think it was as bad as it was. And so, you know, we, we get down and cute Henry is holding my hand as they pull off my ski boot and they take me to x-rays and talking about, you know, going to Gold Pan that night, which is this fun old-timey bar in, in downtown Breck, and um, they're like, well, you're going to surgery right now. Where do you want to go? And I was like, wait, wait, Henry and I are going to Gold Pan. <laughs> so uh, I still need to sometimes track him down. Yeah, where's Henry? Shout out Henry. Yeah, let's get some Henry up in yeah. here. Can we get Henry on the program? Right? Yeah. I'm Henry, not promising so that. You're working a peak nine that day. What's up? Hit us up. Henry. We need you. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Henry, but needless to say, our, uh, our, our day didn't happen. It got to the point where I was just so tired that I would go to shows with my friends. You know, there's this great place and I live in Denver and there's this great venue called Cervantes and it's like pretty dirty backwoods, like fun, funky shows. I just hung a sign around my neck that said skiing accident, January 17, leg in 30 pieces. No, I don't want to hear about your injury thanks because <laughs> it was just I couldn't even make it like you know two feet without and again I realized I'm coming off as a total bitch here because people are just trying to be kind and connect I literally was at the bar and some guy comes up reads my sign and then proceeds to tell me about the time he broke his ankle in like ninth grade oh yeah. come on <laughs> so well also Denver is lousy with skiers and all skiers have weird skiing injuries so you know like I guess what I learned from it is um nobody wants to hear your shit man 
<laughs> we've, we've all been there. Um, that was and, your one takeaway from this experience? No, no. Well, one of, but okay. And and I've honestly caught myself, you know, seeing people in like leg braces, being like, oh, and then be like, oh, goddamn, keep your mouth shut. Um, it's natural. I feel like it's a natural thing to be like, oh. I know exactly, which is why I feel like a bitch being saying something like that. I think for most people, it's like three months. For you, it was three years. Yeah. And, you know, all the strangers who ever said, they had no way of knowing that. I think it's (laughs) like, I think we all have, we all jump to like wanting to relate. Like, yes, there's the connecting, but there's also like, oh, I need to like offer up something that I also went through to make her feel better or something. So we just automatically jump to that and start sharing our stories. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so, a time and a place, you know, and yeah. maybe and not I, when you have 25,000 surgeries, is it yeah. the time to, and you know, I've, I've got a buddy who's a quadriplegic and during, you know, throughout this, he texts me and, you know, he's like, how you doing? Like, how's your leg? And I'm like, I'm better than yours, brother. I don't know. Perspective is everything, I guess. Yeah. It's actually uh, Spencer's best friend from like third grade, I think. Um, and he was, paral- or was paralyzed in fourth grade. And he's actually the only quadriplegic to have skied Aspen Highlands Bowl because Spencer packed his ass up there and then skied down with him. And Spencer is? Uh, Spencer is my best guy friend from law school. Oh, cool. Both totally righteous dudes. Honestly, I love my friends. Would not carry them up a bowl to ski down. <laughs> I just, I Come on, just man. simply Come couldn't. On. Come no. on. It would be like Frodo and Sam, like getting up Mount Doom. Just Mr. Like. Frodo, give me your hand. <laughs> Mr. Frodo. And then and then a bird comes and bites off my ring. Just the ring, not the finger. Um wait, so how so you were talking to Henry and then you go straight to surgery? Like So so get carted down by by cute Henry. You get all x-rayed up there and the doctor comes back in and, and she's got this look on her face. I'm just like, oh, shit. Um, and this whole time, like, I'm not a crier, but I am a little bitch with needles. I will tell you that. Like, well. I don't blame you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But shattered leg in 30 pieces was just hitting on the ski patroller. They went to go put an IV in and I cried like a little bitch. Yeah. They, they're like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go back to Denver or do you want to stay uh, up here, up here? being you know up in the mountains in outside denver like summit county and it's uh, like a good hour hour and a half yeah drive yeah so it's, from where it's we're like there a decent haul yeah and I, I knew the best surgeons in the world are, are up there so i was like yeah i, I want to stay here um so they sorry best orthopedic surgeons orthopedic surgeons like ski, yes. ski accidents yes. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay up here. Um, Wait, did you even, could you even like think logically? I'd just be like screaming. I feel. Yeah, no, I actually was like totally clear. And you know, to this day, mom thinks she was like, yeah, you definitely just went into shock because you were like so cool and calm and collected. And as I said, like I've broken bones before. And when I broke my elbow, I was like, yep, this shit is broken. I'm going to throw up and take me to the hospital. Whereas this was like a totally different scenario. Um, uh, so Nicola has broken almost every appendage, I feel, at this point. And so mom called me to be like, hey, Nicola's broken some something skiing, da, da, da. And I'm like, classic, Nicola's broken something. She'll be, you know, give it a six weeks. She'll be fine. She breaks stuff all the time. We'll just handle this. You know, she was in a cast at my high school graduation. 
hold on, hold on. Sorry. The space station is passing over where we are in like 10 minutes. Can we put this on hold so I can go try it, see if I can see it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Nicola, you do a lot of different things. You ski. Did you race as well? Not particularly. Ski? Okay. In one capacity you did, in, uh, in a ski drawing capacity. Can you enlighten us? Yeah. Tell us about ski drawing. First of all, what the hell even is that? What, what, what is that? So, uh, so ski drawing is a sport of the gods. Is it an Olympic sport? <laughs> it should be. It should be. They are, there's actually a push to get it into the Winter Olympics. Uh, fun fact. I would watch that night and day. Me too. Absolutely. Night and day. I would go hard on that. The problem is you like have to be drunk. To, to watch it or to do it? To do it. I mean, that's part of the lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people could be drunk and compete. It's not a performance. In, in the Olympics? No one's breath testing. <laughs> <laughs> you could be drunk. I don't think that's true. I got it. What's don't his know. face pitched a no hitter on acid? <laughs> true story. <laughs> So okay, whatever. Tell us what ski drawing is. <laughs> so, so ski drawing, it, it's a sport where you, um, you tow a skier behind a horse at a flat out gallop. It's done in a Western saddle and the skier, ha it's a straightaway. Um, and the skier has to hit a series of jumps and gates. And, uh, sometimes there's a ring that's like hanging that the skier also has to grab. And, um, and so then the fastest time wins. So, okay. So how do they hang on? So like there's how are they attached? Basically two loops at the back of the saddle, big metal loops, and you tie in the knot and it forms basically a triangle over the horse's butt, like right where the tail is. And you clip in a, a ring, the skier gets in the start gate and the horse gets in the start gate and you're side by side. And there's somebody who hooks in this ring into the triangle of the horse's tail and it's connected to a long rope. And then the skier grabs onto the rope and a really interesting, like, strategic is the right word. Uh, a, a part of it is if the skier can climb the rope or not. So you have oh. to wear these, like, special rubber gloves, basically, because this rope gets slippery as fuck. And because it gets built like up freezing cold, too, right? Yeah, it's freezing cold. And, you know, it gets used run after run. And so a lot of ice gets built up and shit. It's all done timer to timer, um, where the skier starts through the first timer and then obviously ends with the last. If you can, if you're skilled enough to kind of claw your way up the rope while you're skiing and hitting gates, obviously you're gonna get to the other timer faster. So that's like some advanced level shit right there. Uh, haven't gotten there yet, but one day. So basically the point is there's a horse, there's someone riding the horse, then it's a rope coming off the horse, there's a skier holding onto the rope or snowboarder, and you go through this like obstacle course sort of thing, right? Yep. So it's a horse race combined with a ski race. That's it's kind of like you're racing. water skiing, but the boat is a horse and totally. you have snow. And it's cold. Does anyone know, like, is this a Montana specific? I feel like they have them in other places, but I yeah, don't know. So there's actually, um, you know, I don't know any about any of it in the East, but there's a pretty decent, like, um, not West Coast, but montana colorado circuit um there's a big one in leadville Rockies. And, uh, yeah a rock yeah totally. the rockies <laughs> so there's a decent circuit and there's people who actually do this like professionally um 
I am definitely not one of those people. I'm in it for, you know, the beer and the good times. Yeah, there's a, a pro ski drawing circuit and it's a hell of a good time. Now, to be a pro ski drawer, I can't imagine you are making <laughs> in the six figures. Like, this is like small time yeah, stuff, I, right? Yeah, I think that this is by a pro hobby. Is that is that that's a good way to put it? Does such a thing exist? I don't Some know. would say golf is a pro hobby. I can't wait for the controversy to come out of that one. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah so that's a good way to put it. Pro hobby, it but people get super into <laughs> it. And I remember one year, um, that this gal I know who was ski drawing uh, with us in Wisdom, she had bought this racehorse off the track to be her ski drawing horse. And oh wow, yeah, and, Ooh, like oh. a thoroughbred. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> those bitches are cray. And those horses, I mean. And so she bought <laughs> bitches mean, are cray. I mean those horses. <laughs> so, What's the difference? Yeah. So so she brought this off the track thoroughbred to to this uh this race. And you know, this is a small tiny race. It's not people do it drunk and in kilts with no underwear and you know, it's I don't know. Not many people take it that seriously, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, she showed up with this off-the-track thoroughbred, and it was wild. This this horse just flipped out at the start gate and ended up charging through the crowd. Broke. You know, there's no proper, um, I guess, track or runway uh, for better layman's terms. You know, it's just the crowd lines over, and they rope it off you know, so there's no hard barrier, mm-hmm. but this thing just loses shit in the start gate and just takes off rearing and bucking, you know, rope's not going to hold it into the crowds <laughs> and then just takes off through the whole town. Um, was, was there a skier attached? And skier let go. Um, oh, okay. I, I think the rider stayed on. I think she stayed on, but it was one of those things. It was, uh, good in theory. I, I don't know what became of that horse. But a good idea in theory, but it didn't pan out that day. That's for damn sure. Did she like practice at all, or she just like had this horse and was like, "Okay, yeah. here we go." Yeah, like she's actually like very much more into it than I am. You know, I show up and do it once a year. Like I'm kind of a puss about it. I'm, but um, she's she's very into it, and I do know that she does practice. I don't know. I didn't ask her know what she does with that particular horse, but. I'm assuming they made a couple of trial runs, but you know, like race day is different. There's the horses are athletes too. And you get nervous and riled up like when it's time to go. And so, yeah, it's understandable, you know, a, a horse off the track in that environment. Um, yeah. So that was, that was, that was well. Well, heard it from the horse's mouth. Thanks. Oh. Is that right? <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth <laughs> or something right? like that. I don't know. I think so. Um, I think it's fair to point out that, uh, Nicola is a lawyer. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So you're a lawyer and you also do all of these things. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I lead somewhat of, I don't know, maybe possibly a double life. Um, I feel like they blend. Yeah. And actually when, when I was back in Montana this last round, I spent, you know, two months up there, um, because of COVID and one of our buddies up there, RD just couldn't get over the fact that I was a lawyer. And I take that as like an immense compliment, to be honest. 
Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and he, yeah, was just giving me endless shit about it. And I was just like, all right, cool. I'm, I like that. That's how I want it to be. Like, best of how, both. how, I don't know. This is probably a really broad question, but I've always wanted to know, like, how is it that you get in? Is it just your personality? Like, you're just not afraid to, like, get involved with anything? You always do crazy stuff just really out there. Like, ski drawing and, like, you're always breaking bones. You're like, you have no, <laughs> you have no fear. Not sure if that's something to be commended or I'm just an idiot. I don't know. No, it's uh, cool. I mean, it's not cool that you're breaking bones all the time. Like, figure it out. <laughs> Take yeah, some probably calcium. Like, I don't know. Drink a drink a glass of milk. <laughs> Sponsored by milk. <laughs> Dude, I drink more milk than like I have a glass of milk every single day. It's gross. A lot of people are not into it, but I don't care. What What's your percent? Ooh, good question. Uh, One point five. Is that but an option? That's an option. There's this milk delivery service in Denver, and one point five is an option, dude. But it tastes like whole milk. Really? I've been a whole milk or an almond milk myself. Oh, look at you, fancy. I'm super big into chocolate milk when I'm hungover as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ew, I'm not into milk when I'm hungover. You don't like a dairy base, Cassandra? I like a cheese base. <laughs> a cheese base. Really <laughs> base on anything. Well, I always, I need a whole milk for a lot of my recipes, so it's nice to have that around. I prefer whole milk. I was raised on 2% though we were raised on skim because our mom was like a 90s san francisco mom that's like only fat free numino's exclusively numino's sponsored by numino's sponsored by our mom who loves (laughs) us i don't know in terms of like doing crazy shit i i wouldn't say i was like absurdly adventurous or wild growing up um Cut to a picture of Nicola in uh, circular glasses and a horse shirt every single day. Okay, that's not not adventurous or wild. That's just me being a goddamn fucking nerd. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. Yeah. Nicola was a horse. Nicola was a tried and true horse girl. I, I don't know. I think it started like probably when, so I did a gap year between high school and college and Actually, like at my parents' urging, and it was like not cool, not a thing at the time. Um, and this was what 2000, 2004, and everyone's like, "Oh wait, you didn't get into college?" I was like, "No, I did. I'm just not going for a year." You know, I was a spoiled little shithead, and they're like, "Why don't you go? You need to go travel and see what the world is like." And so, you know, being me being a little bitch, I'm like, "Oh, cool, I'll go play in Europe." And my parents are like, "Uh huh." Nah, bitch. So I went and uh, ended up volunteering in um, Tanzania and India for a while. Traveled quite a bit by myself when I was, I I just turned 18. Um, And I think that was probably really the game changer in my life, I think. I got to boarding school, so I like lived on my own and whatnot, but you know, in a very, so I think that was really a game changer for me, just being like unleashed in the world, not just in, you know, some sheltered environment, but into like the real shit. And I think that was definitely a, a game changer. And I don't know, maybe my parents regretted that later because it lit a fire under my ass. <laughs> and I definitely like in terms of like the travel bug and just meeting as many new crazy weird people as possible. Which well, then- and it gives you a new sense of like confidence and you can do things, you know? Yeah. So since then, I've honestly like traveled every chance I can get and not to the weirdest, most remote places I can find. And it's been, and I love going on my own. To be honest, I love 
traveling on my own just because I find that you meet a lot more people. So I don't know if that, I think that was the start of me being, I mean, I wouldn't even categorize myself as a risk taker, but just like into just experiencing fucking life, man, like sending it. Sending it. You're a full send kind of gal. Yeah. I have a couple, I have a couple things that come to mind um, that I'm just going to like say some stuff. And if you think of something that you want to talk about, just like shout it out. So I'm thinking of your plane ride out to Zanzibar. I'm thinking of (laughs) your decision to abandon your hiking group, going to Machu Picchu and going with strangers. I'm thinking of being irresponsible, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a combination of being like irresponsible and lucky and I'm not a planner. I'm that person who will buy a one-way ticket to a random country and be like, yeah, I'll land and figure it out. And every time, and I've been doing this since I was 18 and it still terrifies me every single time and every single time it works out. My last big trip was when, right after I took the, take the bar exam uh, and I went to South America for six months and I bought a one-way ticket to Peru and I was planning on being gone for six months. I still had the exact same jitters I did on that plane as I did when I was 18 going to Tanzania. Um, Guys, here's a fun tip. Um, Just be irresponsible with your travel and you're going to have that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, you know, on, and on that trip, Steph mentioned, um, abandoning a hiking group. And the one thing I did plan was I, you know, I wanted to hike Machu Picchu because, you know, that's what you fucking do. So I, I had booked some hike because I thought that's what you had to do. Um, I didn't know it was an option to do it by yourself. I got to Cusco and, and met some homies in a hostel. And it was a, a guy from Canada, um, a gal from uh, the Netherlands and a guy from Germany or sorry, Austria. And they had all just met. And uh, the two guys were just like, yeah, I, I think we're just going to do this, this trek on our own. I was like, oh shit, that's an option. And they're like, well, yeah, why not? And I was like, oh, sick. So I ended up calling this, this tour company and just being like, yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm actually going to go with these, these dudes I just met. Um, Random strangers. It turned out to be one of like the best decisions ever. Um, I actually hung out with uh, the Dutch gal when I was in the Netherlands last year. Um, I mean, I will say that the Canadian guy had a ton of outdoor experience and was certified in CPR. And the uh, Austrian guy was a physical therapist and again, super outdoorsy, very experienced in mountaineering. So the the risk there um, wasn't huge. Like I, I was very certain I wasn't going to get myself into a bad spot there. But this this Dutch girl, she was so cute. She This is her first time out of the Netherlands. And she obviously was coming from below sea, sea level. And she had never been on a hike before. And How is that possible? Like a hike is just a walk with, like, with mountains. Yeah, never been on a hike before. We we're kind of talking. We we're like, oh, man, like, is she going to be able to hang? You know, she'd only been in Cusco for like a, a couple of days. And we were super worried about her getting altitude. And sick. it's, what's the elevation over there? Uh, so the peak we ended up going across was it was definitely over 14,000 feet um yeah and so and we backpacked all our stuff um a lot of when you go with the tour company they have donkeys or porters who will take your stuff but we packed all our stuff and so you know we were a little concerned that if this is her first hike is she gonna is she gonna be able to make it 
Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I've got uh, about altitude sickness medicine and whatever. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And this girl was a I mean, god damn champ. A champion. Did she get oh. altitude sickness? No. Oh, wow. At all. I, I was so impressed. Like, how, many, first, how many miles a day were you guys doing? Um, I think... Well, it varied on the day. The, the day we went up and over the summit, it was only like five because you can only go like one baby step at a time because you're packing like 50 pounds at, you know, 14,000 feet. Yeah. Um, but then other days, you know, it'd be like 10. Um, but this gal just champed it out. And not only was she a goddamn champ and didn't get sick and keep up, she was such a goddamn joy to have along. Um, and I like, honestly, to this day, I would hang with that chick anytime cool so how many how many days of a hike was it uh so it was four days wow yeah. did you like bring tents and stuff did you have a yep. tent or like how did it so you brought one yeah from home so you brought all your stuff to like hike did you bring all of your belongings on that hike no so we stashed a lot of our stuff at the hostel um, oh, okay and, so they do that yeah yeah uh, so you, and then you only bring, you know, whatever you need, the food and gear that you need for the days you're going to be gone. But yeah, it, it was an awesome experience. And I'm so glad I, I made that choice to do that with those people instead of, you know, a commercial thing. And I'm sure the commercial thing would have been amazing. Um, well, but, if it had just been you on your own, like that definitely would have been the move rather than be like, let's just go by myself. Exactly. But again, it goes back to the joys of like traveling on your own is that you go out and meet awesome people who provide you with different experiences than you would have had you gone with somebody that you already know. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk to us a little bit about the uh, like female wrestling circuit that you saw in, was it Bolivia? (laughs) Oh yeah. So And also the witch doctor, I believe that you paid to pass your bar. I don't remember that. Wait, is that, that illegal? Person. First of all, no, 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 no. It's like a it's like, it's like a like a, ter- a tarot reading or something. Or like oh. she would need like a spell to give her good luck to pass. Okay, the not okay. like she didn't like pay okay. someone off. It's like <laughs> um, maybe we should pause. <laughs> maybe we should that. consider <laughs> just cut that, just cut that. <laughs> all right. Bolivian wrestlers. Oh yeah, shit. Um, what are they? What are they called? Um, the traditional Bolivian women. Fighting cholitas. Fighting cholitas. Yeah. Cholitas. Wrestling cholitas. Yeah. Uh, so we were in Bolivia, and it was the night I found out I had passed the bar exam, which was really, really good because I was very worried that I was going to have to cut my trip short to come home and study to retake the bar, which would have been like super shitty and also humiliating. Thankfully, okay, that many people take a couple times to get that done. So <laughs> the night I passed the bar, I was with some friends I met in the hostel. And so we heard of this thing called wrestling cholitas. And so cholitas in Bolivia are, um, it's like the name for just for older women there. Um, and it's kind of a cute name. It reminds me of like a little, just like a little wrap yeah, or like yeah. a little, bun, a little bun. Yeah. They're darling. And you know, they, they all dress like very 
traditionally with um, these bowler hats and... But they're like teeny tiny hats, aren't they? Yeah, they're like small bowler hats uh, and these skirts and wraps. There's a thing in Bolivia where it's um, basically WWE, but with Cholitas. So we decided to to go to this wrestling Cholita thing. Um, I'm looking at pictures of them. Yeah, Is it, it was well, like, And so they wrestle in their full, you know, traditional garb, which, and by traditional garb, I mean, this is what people wear in the streets. This is not just like, for example, being on like a, a Native American reservation at a powwow. Like this is traditional garb in that they wear it every day. It's not uh, like ceremonial. No, it's not ceremonial. Way, but it's very distinctive. Yeah, it was, it, it was a riot. Um, that sounds, that sounds excellent. I, I wish... I wish more cultures were into that. Just anyone who wants to wrestle, just getting in there and just wrestling with other people that want to wrestle. <laughs> I just, I'm really passionate about that. I feel like we could really have a good time, you know? And that would be if great. It, right? If it wasn't just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, if it was like your next door neighbor, like imagine <laughs> if our next door neighbor, Sandy, who is like, in her 70s just like went out there um um you know like imagine her just getting into the ring and just like going at it like that would be really fun send it sandy i don't know if she has a passion for wrestling i'm just making maybe she does maybe she doesn't anyway maybe she's never thought about it but she will now wrestling at any age make america wrestle at any age again that's a uh, a crochet item that we'll, we'll be selling on the site I'll be embroidering pillows. <laughs> Cassandra embroiders now. I don't. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. even know what tools are involved. So I don't I know don't. either. <laughs> um, okay, so Nicola, I wanted to kind of bring this full circle and talk about your most recent experience in Montana because I know you had a, a special a special guest with you, your college friend Mandy. Mandy has recently decided to drop everything and move to Montana from Chicago. <laughs> so yeah, Mandy is living in a lifetime movie. Yeah, <laughs> literally. She is a Nicholas Sparks movie right now. Man- Mandy, we call her Mandy Boots or Boots, uh, is one of my best friends from college. Uh, we were roommates for a few years. She has spent the past year, 10 years in Chicago. Um, she got her MBA and was working in investment banking and just got super burned out and quit her job shortly before this whole COVID-19 thing um, came about and was planning on taking, you know, a few months off, didn't have anything lined up and was going to travel. Obviously that went out the window. Um, So we got to talking and I invited her to, to come out. And so she showed up in the end of April and she's still there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Boots is one of my best friends, but she's very type A, is very driven. And this was a complete 180 for her. And she has leaned into it so hard and has just totally grown and flourished as a person, I think, because of it, to be honest. Um, She's literally like bartending at the local saloon. Like (laughs) she is 180. Is moving out of her fancy apartment in Chicago and is renting a cabin 
and is working at uh, our local hot springs saloon. She does everything from bartending to front desk to cleaning rooms. I need to know how that interview went. Like, oh, you have your MBA? We actually were there for that interview. Yeah, Nicole and I sat there while she Um, was interviewed. It was, it was a beer in hand interview, which is obviously the best kind. And it's a real Montana interview right there. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, you know, do you have experience in this and that? And, you know, Mandy's very professional and is giving, you know, proper answers. And Cass and I are sitting there being like, you know, she's got an MBA. I think she can put the whiskey in the glass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whiskey she, in the jar. Yeah. So, you know, she's fully leaned into, into the lifestyle and she's gone out moving cows with us. She's fished a bit and um, she's like the happiest she's ever been. And I'm just, I'm so that's amazing. Wow. That's I'm so, really I'm so cool. pleased to see her like just grow and be kind of a, a, a different side and develop a different side of her. I think so much respect. We- like there's no need to buy into the bullshit of career family stuff. If it's not working for you, it's not working for you. And granted, we are coming of from places where we're well educated and we're able to get good jobs and we are in places of privilege, but but that being said, sometimes you can just 180 it and just live in a shack in Montana. One of the things I've one of the things I realized I don't want to say later in life because like you're not there's I'm not a later, you're not yeah. there yet you're not at your not later, later in life person. you're not like 67 yeah. but I I wish it's like to, what I wish I'd realized sooner is like it's totally cool and fine to fuck around as long as you have learned something from it and have a good story at the end about why you did what you did um, and one of my best examples is my best guy friend from law school, Spencer, who graduated from college and spent 10 years ski patrolling and rap guiding in Aspen, just fucking off hardcore, living the time of his life. And then went to law school and he got into law school because he's very smart and he had a great story about what he learned in his time off. You know, he graduated at the top of our class, one outstanding graduating student and is just wicked successful. I think it's just like super important to know that as long as you have a good reason for fucking around and learn something from it, then it's not a detriment to whatever career you choose to pursue on the other end. I do want to say it's not like just because you pursue a career or just have a job for a couple of years or months in the outdoor space doesn't mean you're always fucking off because I worked I worked as a snowboard instructor and I had in order to make ends meet I had three jobs at that time and I had not a single moment where I wasn't working pretty much I was yeah. either sleeping or I was working so that being said you have to work your ass off because you're not going to get paid anywhere near like a career office job yes and you're totally right and I will eat my words in that regard not fucking off but the quote-unquote success that society tries to impose on people it doesn't need to be that way yeah exactly success is what you what works for you maybe it's it's a hybrid yeah you know maybe we'll maybe we'll take this discussion offline but as jobs get automated we're gonna find more and more people um kind of in positions of like what do I do with myself um and this is definitely like being in the outdoor spaces has been really fulfilling for each and every one of us in different ways 
Um, but I will say it does not come with healthcare. So <laughs> make sure you <laughs> no, come up with a plan in order to pay for that out of pocket or um, find a way to make it happen because they're not going to pay for it. But, and I think being in the outdoor space and industry provides much, much more opportunity to find who you are and what you want than does some corporate office setting. I mean, I, I literally, I would not have been able to do any of the traveling that I have done if it weren't for the outdoor industry, if it weren't for fly fishing. I mean. Well, and I feel like people discount the networking opportunities that are available in the outdoor space because you're dealing with a lot of wealthy clients who are well connected and who you know if you make a good impression if you make a connection with them are willing to really help you out um and that being said that i mean that's that's been very important for all of us yeah absolutely. i mean at the lodge that's that's been like a career making opportunity for several several of the employees yeah Totally. All right. Let's Here's- not be so serious. Okay. What else? Talk about butt um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's All talk right. about butt stuff. I had a dream that little Michael got impulsively got married last night, and I had to message Whoa. him. Yeah. Did you text him that and be like, dude? Of course. Of course. But say? it actually was, like, kind of working out. Um, we're going to have to cut all this. I just, like, wanted to take it in a different direction. But, um... Yes, of course. So little Michael is our friend. <laughs> uh, we'll have him on the show for sure. He's great. He's a great dude. Cassandra, maybe just like date him for like a month and see. Just like report back. Keep a journal. Yeah, maybe just like get multiple thumbs up your butt. I don't know. See Who what knows what he's yeah. up to? Yeah, maybe like do a carousel getting slapped by dildos. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not here. Stretching, I, I have heard. I still debate this, but apparently stretching a stretching a dude's pee hole is a thing. No, so he was telling me in January, he was like, yeah, I was hooking up with this chick and she asked me to stretch my pee hole. And I'm like, it's, it sounds I, like we all have some Googling to do. I don't know. I've asked multiple dudes and they've said like, it's possible. I don't know. Well, I mean, how do you get a catheter up there? Of course you can stretch it. Who are these poor sound editors? I need to send them like a Harry and David gift basket. Can you send me a Harry and David gift, ba- gift basket? Not pears, don't you dare. Chocolates only. <laughs> don't you fucking dare They're send like pears. pears. They're not in season, first of all, Cassandra. Let's be honest. Well, okay. Maybe I didn't want it now. Okay, <laughs> well, maybe I want a smoked salmon platter. So everyone could go fuck oh, themselves. Can we talk about something? Yes. I don't think I like salmon right now. Okay. I just right don't, now? I don't like the flavor of salmon. Right now. It, are you, is it being pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> this has nothing to do with pregnancy. I'm wondering is this why. Is this women's troubles? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening with my hair right now either. Uh, anyway, I just You're I just Stevie Nixon it over there. The past like three times I've had salmon. This is the most uh, irrelevant conversation. I don't care. I mean, the last three times I mean, I've had salmon, I'm like I, I don't actually like this. This is gross, huh. and I feel awful about it. Oh man, is it being overcooked though? Because an overcooked salmon, I will not fuck with. 
No. Uh, the the yeah. last the last time I had the salmon, no, it was beautifully cooked, which was last night. It was beautifully cooked. Did you cook I'm it? Not, no, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. Do you like smoked uh, salmon? I love smoked salmon, I but love I just. Salmon. All right. So, what did we learn on this this here episode today? We learned about fighting. Learned a lot about. Learned a lot about ski drawing. We sure did. And we some sure fighting, did. some fighting ladies. Some cholitas, is it? Wrestling cholitas. Wrestling cholitas. That's great. We learned about always ditch your your mountain guide. Can you give our listeners some advice about anything, the outdoor industry, whatever it is? Just come up with Quit something. Quit your investment banking job and move to Montana or yeah no take a chance get weird travel or travel your good travel advice that was great get, just scare yourself a bit be scared it's okay we'll pan out yeah write your phone numbers down on your arm just in case though your emergency <laughs> let let people know where you're going and then allow yourself to be scared okay cool all right try a hike out before you hike machu picchu <laughs> i mean it worked for my friend but yeah that's probably sound advice yeah just just step out there and see what happens. I think that's, that's great. Thank you so much, my beloved, dearest sister, Nicola. It was really a treat oh, yes. and a pleasure and a joy to have you. Yes, thank you. We, we certainly can't thank you enough. All sending right. whiskey. All right, sending, yeah. sending whiskey right now. All right. Thank you. See everyone thank next you. time. Bye. Cheers. Bye.